Amen. Stand with me, if you will, and go to the book of Acts, chapter number 1. And then we're going to go to the book of Acts, chapter number 2, as well. I mean, this is a message that the Lord gave me, actually, that I preached in Lebanon. And I felt like he wanted me to preach it here this morning. Acts 1 and 8, if you found it, say amen. But you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come on you. Amen. And you'll be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and in all Judea. Acts chapter number 2, verses 1 through 4. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all. Everybody say all. All the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Go down with me now to verse number 37 of the same chapter. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you, and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. It's very clear to me, brothers and sisters, today that this experience that happened in the book of Acts was not just for the 12 apostles. It was not just for the 120 in the upper room. But this, these passages that I read to you are very clear. That what God did in that upper room is not for a select few, but it is for all. I want to preach to you this morning about a God for all. Lord, I pray that you would anoint me to preach your word, anoint ears to hear. Let the anointing of the Holy Ghost flow in this place. God, I pray for the gift of faith to operate in this place, for the drawing of the Holy Ghost to move in this house. God, in the name of Jesus, by the authority of your word and by the power of your name, God, we ask it and we pray for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. Lift your voice with that hand clap and let's worship the Lord together. Amen. You want the Holy Ghost to have its way here today? Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. God bless you. You can be seated. Thank you for standing. I am so thankful for the way that Jesus Christ has changed my life. Amen. I have been exposed to the presence and the power of God for all of my life. When I was a little boy, about eight or nine years old, I've told this story a time or two, but I was just a little boy at a camp meeting with about 600 other people. And during one of the services, there was an elderly gentleman from our church. His name was Arthur Hornbeck. Brother Arthur was an elderly man at the time. He was in this service, and during this camp meeting service, he fell over out of the chair onto the floor. That night, there were several who were professional medical personnel that were in the service from the various churches that had gathered. 
They began to check Brother Arthur for a pulse, and they found that this brother from our church had no pulse and had died during that church service. I remember as just a little boy kind of peeking around the crowd that gathered and watching as this brother was on the floor and watching as they began to try to do CPR and find a pulse in this elderly brother from our church. They worked on him to try to revive him, but they never were able to get his heartbeat back. They called for an ambulance in the campground being somewhat out of the town. It took several minutes for, his, for them to come. And while the ambulance was on its way, the people from our church and the other churches began to realize that this brother had died during the service. And our church members became distraught and began, while the ambulance was coming and the EMTs were bringing in the cart and the machines and the boxes and all of that, and they were trying to begin to, to check him, finding no pulse now for 10 or 15 minutes. This church, these people began to call on the name of Jesus Christ for Brother Arthur. And as they began to pray for him, amen, they called on the name of Jesus and this elderly brother that had been laying there without a pulse for 10, 15, 20 minutes or more sat up and began to look around and sat and stood up and got back in his seat and stayed the rest of the camp meeting and lived another 15 years in our church. I watched God raise this man from the dead as I was a little boy. It wasn't an ancient story from the Bible. It was not a story from a faraway mission field. This was something that I saw with my own eyes, and I learned that day for very sure that Jesus Christ is real, and his power is real, and he answers when people pray, and God moves when people call on him in faith. My life was marked that day to believe more than dead religion and more than dead ritual and more than just going through the motions of so-called Christianity. I knew that day Jesus was alive and he was real and he was a miracle worker. I'll give the Lord praise today. Hallelujah. My life was marked from that moment on. I learned from that moment that God was able to work miracles. Oh God, I feel his presence here right now. Amen. Since that day, as I've grown in the Lord and began to work for God, I preached all over the world. I was in Africa and I watched the lame man get up out of a stretcher and begin to walk. I saw with my own eyes as a twisted and mangled leg was straightened out and a man that I'd watched crawl on the ground to get to church stood up and began to leap and praise God and walked out of that church service. I watched the blind eyes be open in Asia. I've watched the deaf begin to hear in the Middle East. I've watched God work miracles all over the world. And I'll tell you that the same God that opened blinded eyes in Asia is in this room right now. The same God that healed a crippled leg in Africa is in this room right now. The same God that raised the dead in Indiana 20, 30 years ago is in this room right now. Amen. I've come to tell you Jesus is alive. I wish I had somebody that would praise him for his power and his presence and his good. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place this morning. Oh, yes, if you're new to the apostolic church, may I tell you today that you've come to the right place because we do not believe that God is merely some ancient creature that exists off in the universe somewhere. He's more than a statue hanging on a cross in a cathedral somewhere. He's more than some icon that hangs around somebody's neck on a necklace. He is a real living God, and he's in this place right now. And whatever you need, he can do it. Whatever you need, he can answer it. Whatever your situation, he is the solution. Oh, if you believe it right now, why don't you praise God? Everybody that believes what I've been preaching, I wish you'd respond by your praise. Your praise is a testimony that the same God I've been preaching about has worked miracles in your life and turned your life around. 
Do I have anybody here that by your praise you testify and say, yes, I know God's a healer because he healed me. And I know he's a deliverer because he set me free. And I know he gives joy because I was a mess when he found me. But here I am worshiping God. Your praise is a testimony. I said your praise is a testimony that he loves the unlovable, reaches the unreachable, helps the unhelpable, restores the unrestorable. He is the God that loves people, that cares about people. That's greater than, I feel it right now. He's greater than any sickness. He's greater than any disease. He's greater than any trial. He's greater than any problem. He's greater than any addiction. He's greater than any circumstance. He is the great God that's in this place. I'm thankful. I'm so thankful that as a little boy, God let me see that he was alive. He didn't confine me to dead religion and dead denominationalism. I've come to preach to you today that God is more than a creed and he's more than some ritual. He's more than just going through the motions. He is a real, living, powerful God and his presence is in this place right now. Amen. We're not a stranger to what God does. We've seen him do it over and over and over again. Already this year we baptized 20 people in Jesus' name and watched lives be turned around. Last year we baptized baptized 80 and watch them begin to get their lives put back together. We're not serving a dead, my God. Oh, Jesus, help me. We're not serving a dead God. We're not serving a God that's still on a cross. We're not serving a God that's just a God of ritual. But he's a living God and he's in this place right now and he wants you to praise him. Amen. The Bible said he be not far from any one of us if happily we feel after him. What I've come to tell you right now is it's time to get your feelers out and begin to feel after him. He said, I'm not far from you, but you got to feel after me. I've come to tell you God's not too far from your situation. He's not too far from your trial or your problem, but you've got to feel after him. Oh, God. If you're new to the apostolic church, we're going to use some terminology that we know what we mean, but you may not have ever heard it in this context before. We as Pentecostals in every denomination really has their own language they speak. And the people on the inside know what they're talking about, but the people on the outside have no clue what they're talking about. And we use terminology in Pentecostalism that we know what we mean when we say it, but people on the outside don't know what we mean. And so some of the things you hear when you come to a church like ours is we, th- we say things like the Holy Ghost. Amen. Mo- modern Christianity has kind of removed the term Holy Ghost out of its lexicon. They, they use the term the Spirit or Holy Spirit, which is indeed a biblical term, but the Bible also talks about the Holy Ghost. When we talk about the Holy Ghost, we're talking about the Spirit of God, not some strange spirit. The Bible teaches us that the Holy Ghost is the Spirit of Jesus Christ. So when we talk about the Holy Ghost, what we're talking is, is about is the presence of Jesus Christ as he begins to move in his church and in his people. When I talk about the Holy Ghost, what I'm talking about is that Jesus Christ is in this place. Amen. God wants to fill you with his presence today. Amen. I want you to reach over, touch somebody close to you on the arm and tell them he's talking to you. Amen. I'm not preaching just to the the old timers. I'm not preaching just to the first timers. I'm preaching to everybody when I tell you that Jesus Christ wants to fill you with his presence today. From the oldest to the youngest, from the newest to the most experienced in this place, Jesus Christ wants us all to be touched by the presence of his spirit in this place today. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. I'm telling you, you can have the Holy Ghost in this place. Amen. Before I get too far into this, I want to tell you real quickly, and some people may say it's already too late for me to have told you quickly, but, uh, but relatively quickly. I will tell you that if you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, which I will tell you is the greatest gift that you can ever have in your life, the Bible tells us that in the New Testament, Jesus said, if you're earthly father knows how to give gifts he said if you ask for bread he's not going to give you a stone 
He said, if your earthly father knows how to give good gifts, how much more does your heavenly father know how to give the Holy Ghost to them that ask him? May I tell you that the Holy Ghost is the greatest experience you'll ever have in your life. It's the greatest gift that you could ever have. Amen. I'm telling you, it's better than any Christmas present. It's better than any gift you can get. It's the greatest thing that will ever happen in your life. Whatever your greatest earthly gift is, when you die, you cannot take it to heaven or hell with you, whichever one you may go to. With whatever your greatest gift you've got down here, when you take your last breath, that gift is no more good to you. But if you get filled with the Holy Ghost, amen, the Bible said it's that spirit that will raise you up when the trumpet sounds. God, I want the Holy Ghost. Amen. So, so, so here, let me, let me just tell you real quickly, I feel the Holy Ghost getting ready to move into this place in a mighty way. But if you want to receive the baptism of the Spirit of the Lord in your life today, let me tell you the first thing you have to do is repent of your sins. Amen. Repentance is not just a one-time deal either. The Apostle Paul said, I die daily. He said, every day I got to ask God to touch me one more time. Let me tell you, it's not a shame to need God's grace. It's a shame to need not get to need God's grace and not ask for God's grace. Amen. It's not a shame to have problems. It's a shame to have problems and not ask God for his help. It's not a shame to have issues. It's a shame to have issues and not ask God to help you with your issues. Amen. So repentance is something for everybody. If you've been in the church your whole life or this is your very first time here, repentance is very simple. God, forgive me. God, I need your grace and I need your mercy. I need you to wash me. God, I need you to cleanse my mind and my heart and my life. Repentance is simply asking God's forgiveness and saying, God, I want you to help me to serve you. Help me to turn my life around. Anybody know what I'm talking about right now? Amen. That's not something for just a brand new person. That's something for anybody that needs God's grace. Let me tell you, the Bible said he's faithful and he's just to forgive. Amen. He's faithful and he's just to forgive. That means you may have made a royal mess out of everything this week. You may have fallen so many times that you don't know if you can get up again. But thank God you've come to the right place today because you've come to the place where Jesus Christ is faithful and just to forgive. But you got to repent. Amen. You got to repent. God, I need your forgiveness. God, I need your grace. Come on, you can do it right now. There's no reason to wait. Repentance is the doorway to everything you need from God. Learning how to repent and say, God, I need you and I need your grace is one of the greatest gifts that you'll ever have. Amen. I, I often on Sunday nights, one of the, if you know me very well, you know one of the things I hate the most is going out to eat on Sunday nights. Amen. I despise every second of it. I liked it for a little while because somebody drove me all the time and I had, didn't have to worry about it. But I get here this morning, I got here a little bit before 5 o'clock. By the time I won't go home till church is over. I'm wore out by the time church is over. But my kids like to go out to eat and I got under conviction for not going with them. Amen. That'll teach me to ask God to show me stuff. But I, when I get back on Sunday nights after that, that long ordeal of driving so far and sitting so long and driving so far back, you can tell I'm excited about it. I'll scroll through Twitter and all that, the social media, and I'll watch all these pastors, and they always, they always tweet about how many got baptized and how many got the Holy Ghost. And they, they put all these videos up of people in the water and people with their hands up. But, but ne I've never one time, I've never one time seen a pastor tweet how many people repented never have it doesn't get headlines I've never seen somebody put out that you know they put out we've had we had 10 people baptized we had eight people get the Holy Ghost but never one time have I seen somebody tweet out we had a sinner come and repent but I'm gonna tell you repentance is the key to everything else that you'll ever get from God somebody that knows how to humble themselves before God and say, God, I'm sorry. God, I need you. Let me tell you, there's stuff that you do in your life that you don't even know it's wrong until the Holy Ghost quickens your spirit. And even then, when you didn't know, God, I didn't know I wasn't supposed to live that way. But God, I need you. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost here. Hallelujah. 
Amen. Repent of your sins. The first step, you want to get everything you want from, you can get from God, the first step is repentance. Number two, you got to ask God for his spirit in faith. God, I want everything you have for me. God, I want everything you have for my life. I'm not going to confine you to what some denomination told me I could have. I'm not going to confine you to what some preacher told me all those years that I could have. God, I want everything that you have for my life. And I'm telling you, God wants to fill you with his presence today. God wants you to have the Holy Ghost today. Amen. So ask him in faith. I'm going to tell you, can I just be as plain as day with you? Can I be as plain as I can be? Every single person in this church could use a fresh baptism of the Holy Ghost today. Amen. Sister Joanna, I think you told me the other day, and, and I'm not trying to out you in front of God and everybody, but I think you told me the other day that you are now our oldest member. Am I right? You told me that? And, and so you shouldn't tell me stuff you don't want me to preach. That's lesson number one. But Sister Joanna, the oldest member in our church, holding a baby, which is one of the youngest members in our church. But in that same spot, I'm telling you that God wants to touch people with the Holy Ghost today. Amen. I listened last week, a few weeks ago as Sister jo Joanna lifted her hands and God began to speak to her to this church. I'm telling you, everybody in this church needs a fresh anointing of the Holy Ghost. You may say, well, I got the Holy Ghost 50 years ago. You need it again today. You might say, well, I just got in the church last week. You need it again today. We all need a fresh touch. Every one of us ought to throw our hands to heaven and say, God, I want a baptism of your spirit in my life today. One of the worst things that anyone will ever get is spiritual satisfaction that says, I've got enough. I've done enough. I've gone far enough. God, let there be a hunger in my soul that always wants more. God, I want more of you today. God, fill, come on, lift your hands. God, fill me with everything thing you have for me number three you got to worship him and thank him for his love you got to worship him amen the best way to find God is to worship him the Bible says he's not far from any one of us but we got to feel after him amen don't expect God don't expect God to come down and shake you off your pew if you're not reaching out to him amen God is a gentleman God is not going to force himself on anybody in this place. He's not going to grab you by your shirt collar and shake you and say, hey, son, you need me. But if you'll reach out to him and you'll worship him, amen, he's never told a worshiper no. I said he's never told a worshiper no. Whether it's the woman with five husbands and living with another man, or whether it was a Syrophoenician idol worshiper that came to him and worshiped him, Amen. When she came, she had spent her life worshiping idols and had never worshiped him. But when she saw him, she bowed down and worshiped him, and he didn't turn her away for all of her years of idolatry. He didn't turn her away for all of her years of sin. He didn't say, no, you clean yourself up and come back to me later. No, no, no. What he said was, I've never seen so great faith, not at all, Israel. If you'll worship God, he'll touch you today. You hear what I'm saying? If you'll worship God, he'll touch you. You may have had the worst week of your life, but if you worship God, he'll touch you. You may have made the biggest mess out of things in your life, but if you worship him, he'll touch you today. <laughs> Woo, glory to God. Mm, Jesus, have mercy. Lord God, there's no way I'm getting through this morning. We are an apostolic church. That means we preach, teach, and practice the same things the apostles preached, taught, and practiced. Apostolic means like the apostles. So when we talk about being apostolic, what we're talking about is seeing what the apostles saw. You've heard me say it over and over. If we want what they had, we got to do what they did. Amen. If you want what happened in the Bible, you got to do what they did in the Bible. Let me tell you that God has not watered himself down. He's not been weakened by time. God has not lost his power, his authority, or his will to move. If there's a reason that God doesn't move for somebody, it's not because God's not able. It's because we're not asking him to. Amen. I want an apostolic experience, so if I want to see what they saw, i got to do what they did. 
Amen. The Bible said they had an apostolic new birth experience in Acts 2 and 4. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. God, I want that experience today. Amen. I said, I want that experience today. And I, I'm telling you, more than you want that experience, God wants you to have that experience today. They had apostolic doctrine. Acts 2.42, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. And the Bible says in prayers, they had prayer, apostolic prayer. They had apostolic praise. You wonder why these folks were carrying on up here and worshiping God like they were. Maybe not only up here, but in pews, you saw people with their hands up praising God. It's because praise is the gateway to the presence of God. Hallelujah. Amen. I've said it often, and I'll say it again. I'm sorry, folks. I feel like preaching a little while this morning. I've said it often, but I'll say it again, that there are qualifications for preaching. Amen. Not just anybody gets to get up here and get behind the pulpit and preach. It takes a life that's been proven. It's not just anybody can get up here on the platform. It takes people that are dedicated. Not just anybody qualifies to teach our children in children and Sunday school classes and youth classes. Okay, there are qualifications in the scripture for certain places of service in the kingdom of God. Amen. And I'm thankful for that. But let me tell you, when it comes to praising God, there are no qualifications other than you just have to have breath. The Bible said, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Amen. You might be sitting there and say, I'm not good enough to praise God. If you can breathe, you're good enough to praise God. I said, if you can breathe, you're good enough to praise God. If you can inhale God's fresh air, you're good enough to praise him. Oh, yes, Lord. I preached in prisons all over this country. I preached to murderers and rapists and molesters. But I told them, if you'll repent and you'll worship God, God will touch you with the Holy Ghost. And I've watched them behind bars lift their hands and begin to praise God. And the Holy Ghost comes down. Everybody can praise God. Acts 2.47, praising God. Acts 2.43, and fear came upon every soul, and they did signs and wonders by, were done by the apostles. We're still living in the realm of signs and wonders, folks. We still see miracles, signs, and wonders all over this place. Amen. We've seen it just in the last few weeks. We've had testimonies of miracles that God has done in this very place, and I'm glad I still serve a God of miracles, and let me be so bold as to step out one more time and tell you that there's a miracle in this place for somebody today. Amen. I said there's a miracle for somebody in this place today. May I still go ahead and step out a little bit more and tell you what I'm feeling in the Holy Ghost. There's somebody has been praying for something for a long time. And this morning while you were getting ready for church, you said, I don't know if God's ever going to do that. I've come to tell you God heard what you said. And God sent me here to tell you that he can do it. And he will do it if you'll just have faith. You know God is a God of signs and wonders and miracles. My God, if I was that person that thought this morning, God, I don't know if it's ever going to happen, I think I'd throw up my hands to heaven right now and say, God, thank you for talking to me. Amen. They had apostolic results. Acts 2.47, the Lord added to the church daily, such as should be saved. Amen. I was thinking last night about the church and about what I wanted to see God do and about all the things that I'd like to see him do over this next year. And I'm going to tell you what I'm believing God for. I'm believing God for 100 baptisms this year. That means we got work to do. But the Bible said the Lord added daily to the church. So if he can add daily to the church, it's nothing for him to add 80 more. Amen. That would almost be underachieving. And we don't serve an underachieving God. We serve a God that's able to do exceeding abundantly above all my God in heaven. Oh, Lord, I pray let the gift of faith get a hold of somebody's heart in this place today. Whoa, Jesus, have mercy. Mm. Before they had all of that, before they had apostolic results and apostolic power and apostolic praise and apostolic prayer and apostolic doctrine, before they had an apostolic experience, the first thing they had was apostolic unity. 
Amen. The Acts 2 experience began and ended in unity. It means that what happened in the book of Acts can happen here if we'll all get together to see what God wants to do in this place. May I tell you that the book of Acts is a book about all. The book of Acts was an all church. Amen. Y'all make me nervous when you get that quiet. In Acts 1 and 8, the Bible said they, that we are to be witnesses in all Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost part of the earth. Not just some of it, all of it. In Acts 1 and 14, these all continued in one accord. In Acts 2 and 1, they were all with one accord. In Acts 2 and 2, the Spirit filled all the house. In Acts 2 and 4, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. In Acts 2 and 7, they were all amazed. In Acts 2, 17, the Spirit was poured out on all flesh. In Acts 2, 32, they were all witnesses. In Acts 2, 39, there was to all that were far off. In Acts 3 and 9, all people saw the lame man healed. In Acts 4, 16, a notable miracle was manifested to them all. In Acts 4 and 28, they prayed with all boldness. In Acts 4 and 31, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. In Acts 4, 33, great grace was on them all. In Acts 5 and 11, great fear came on them all. In Acts 5 and 12, they were all with one accord. And so it goes on and on and on through the entire book of Acts. As a matter of fact, every single chapter of the book of Acts has the word all in it somewhere. I might also tell you that in the book of Acts, the word all appears 192 times. Every single chapter, everywhere in the book of Acts. I'm going to tell you, if we want to have a book of Acts revival, they can't be this group wanting it and that group not. It can't be these folks wanting it and these folks not. It's got to be all of us, 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 all of us. What I'm preaching is if we'll all get together and we'll pray that God do it, we'll see God work in an unprecedented fashion. Your families will be turned upside down. Your lives will be turned upside down. Amen. I'm preaching to this church that we are just scratching the surface of what God wants to do. Do you hear what I'm saying? We have not yet begun to see the greatness of God, but God is saying let's all get together. I'm preaching that we could all get together for a move of the Holy What would happen if every single person in this room would throw their hands up and say, God, I'll give you everything. I want your all today. Today, God will pour out his spirit in this place, and we will see miracles. People receive the Holy Ghost if we worship him in unity. Let me hasten on this morning. Genesis 1, 2, and 3, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, let there be light. And there was light somebody's roast is done <laughs> and I'm still preaching the earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep and the spirit everybody say the spirit. the spirit the spirit of God moved on the face of the waters this was the very first appearance of the word spirit in your Bible Genesis 1 and 2 the spirit of God moved the first mission of the Spirit of God in the world was to bring light into darkness and order into chaos. The earth was without form. It was in chaos and void. It was empty. And darkness was on the face of the deep. There was chaos, emptiness, and darkness. But where chaos, emptiness, and darkness reigned, the Spirit of God moved. Yeah, I'm telling you that the first mission of the Spirit of God was to bring order to chaos, to fill empty voids, and to bring light into darkness. And may I tell you that is still the mission of the Spirit of God in the church today. God wants to vanquish your, your chaos. God wants to fill your emptiness. And God wants to bring light into your darkness. Amen. That is the mission of the Spirit of God. You say, well, I don't qualify for the Spirit because my life's a mess. I'm telling you, the fact that you have chaos in your life is the very reason that the Spirit came to this earth. You say, well, I can't get nothing from God. I'm so empty on the inside. May I tell you that void on the inside is the exact reason why the Spirit of God came to this earth. 
You say, I don't qualify for a move of the Spirit. My life is so in darkness. My life has so much darkness. I don't know if I can. But that darkness is the very reason that the Spirit moved. I'm telling you that the issues in your life are the exact reason why the Holy Ghost is here today. My God. Whew. Y'all may not want me to travel too much. I get, I, I get a different connection when I'm out there. Revelation 22, 17. And the Spirit and the bride say, come. And let him that heareth say, come. Let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. And the Spirit says, come. Come to everyone that hears. Come to everyone that's thirsty. Come to everyone who wants it. Come and take of the water of life freely. This, my brothers and sisters, is the last mention of the Spirit of God in the Bible. The first mission of the Spirit was order to chaos, the filling of the void, and light and darkness. The last mission of the Spirit was to tell everybody, just come and get a drink of water. If you're thirsty, come. If you want it, come. Everybody who's hungry for the Spirit, everybody who's hungry for God, come. The first mission was to bring light. The last mission is to say, come on, everybody. Come on, everybody. Can I tell you what the Spirit of God is here to do? The Spirit of God is here to invite everybody in this place to come and get a fresh drink of water. Amen. God doesn't care if you've been in the church 100 years or 100 hours. God wants you to get a fresh touch of the Holy Ghost. I wish somehow, oh God, I wish somehow I could make somebody want what God has for them in this place today. Oh God, Brother Stan, I wish somehow I could walk back and I could touch somebody and I could make them want what God wants for them. But I can't do that. All I can do is preach and tell you that the Spirit says come. You don't have to be empty. You don't have to be dry. You don't have to be in darkness. You don't have to be in chaos. You don't have to go home the same. The Spirit says come. It is the work of the Holy Ghost in this place. Amen. Lift your hands all over this house. Oh, God, have your way. Oh, God, have your way. Oh, God, have your way. Spirit's calling somebody. Oh, God. Holy Ghost. your hands to heaven and let's talk to him oh God I don't want to miss my moment I don't want to miss my time God you're God for all God you're God reaching for everybody this morning to all that are thirsty to all that are hungry Spirit of the Lord, have your way. Oh, God, come on, let's stand and lift our hands to heaven and talk to him. All over this place, all over this place, let's talk to him. Spirit of the Lord is in this place right now. He is a God for all.
He's a God for everyone. There's no exclusions today. There's no one beyond his reach. There's no one too far. He is a God for all. Well, let's take a few moments and let's pray. I've got one more verse I want to read to you in just a minute. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God, if we knew, if we knew how close we were to a miracle. Holy Ghost. Amen. Why don't you reach out to God right now? Amen. Why don't we talk to God? Everybody in this place talking to God. He's a God for all. He's a God for everyone. He's a God for everyone. There's been great promises laid out by the Word of God today. Great promises in Scripture. Great promises given by inspiration of the Holy Ghost. And great promises given by the work of the gifts of the Spirit in this place. There are given to us many exceeding great and precious promises. They are before us. But they cannot be accessed for us. We must access them ourselves. So as your eyes are closed and your hands are lifted all over this place, I've often gone home from services like this morning. And I've grieved over those who have heard the word and walked away. But I tell you, there's great opportunity for you here today, sir. There's a breakthrough for you and your family. There's a breakthrough for your home. There's a breakthrough for your marriage. There's a breakthrough for your soul. There's a breakthrough for your life. You do not have to live under the cloud of darkness. You don't have to live under the cloud of spiritual heaviness. There is a God for all in this place today. Why don't you reach over and pray for somebody close to you? Can you do that? God wants to refill somebody with the Holy Ghost today. God wants to refill people with the Holy Ghost today. God wants her to be, that's right. There's a fresh anointing. Oh, yes, there's a fresh anointing of the Holy Ghost. He's a God for everybody for the hurting, for the broken, for the weak, for the weary, for the tired, for the stressed, for the burned out, for the stressed out, for the cast out. He's a God for all, for the elderly and the young, for those that it's been a long time since you really felt a breakthrough. He's a God for all. Oh, that's right. He's the God of the weary and the tired and the empty and the hungry and the thirsty. He's a God for the skeptical. He's a God for the one that wonders if they could ever get it back. He is a God for all. 
That's right. Let's take some time and pray one for another. Lord, let the rest, restoring anointing of your spirit flow through this body today. God, let the restoring power of the Holy Ghost, come on, reach out to him. Let the fresh wind of your spirit blow into this place, God. Let the restoring wind of the Holy Ghost breathe fresh life and breath into somebody's soul this morning. Oh, hallelujah, that's right. God's pouring a fresh anointing on somebody this morning. the aisles of this church. Walk between the pews of this church. God, I pray that you touch the people in this place who need a fresh anointing of the Holy Ghost. And God, that's all of us. All over this place, why don't you do it in faith? Why don't you just say, God, I want a fresh touch of your spirit on my life. God, I want a fresh anointing of the Holy Ghost on my family. God, I need that fresh touch of your spirit. This can be your moment. This can be your time. all over this place. The Spirit of the Lord is moving. I'm not one to waste a lot of time, but I feel His presence here still. Thank you, Jesus. To the thirsty, He says, come. To whosoever will, He says, come. Brother Ethan sings this song. Why don't you just lift your hands to heaven? Say, God, I'm coming to you, Lord. I need you. I don't even know what all I need, but I know I need you, God. I don't know all that they're talking about, but I know I need you. I don't understand everything that's been going on here, but I know I need you, God. I'm coming to you, Lord, because I need you. And you talk to him, and he'll hear you. He's a God for all.
I want, I want to read one more verse and then we're going to close in just a moment. I'm thankful for everything the Lord's done here. Amen. I've watched people all over this auditorium be touched by the Holy Ghost. Watch people fill with the Holy Ghost for the first time. I want to read one more, one part of one more verse, and I hope you'll pay very close attention. The Bible says in Acts 2.41, then they that gladly received his word were baptized. They that gladly received his word were baptized. When God gave them a promise and it ignited something in their soul, they had the responsibility of obedience to the word of God. And the Bible said they that gladly received his word, they that welcomed his word were baptized. May I tell you that everyone in this place today who has never been baptized in Jesus' name, you need to be baptized today in the name of Jesus Christ, according to the Word of God. So well, I don't know how I was baptized. I'm not sure if I was baptized right or not. Let me tell you, if you were not baptized right, it's not your fault. You had good intentions. You had good heart. It's not your fault you weren't properly baptized. It's the fault of whoever did it. But I will tell you with no reservation that if you were not baptized in the name of Jesus, which means if you were not baptized in a church like this one, you were probably not baptized in Jesus' name. And today, you need to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. They that gladly received his word were baptized. Lord, I thank you, God, because there have been people that have received your word today. You have poured the Holy Ghost out. I've seen people filled and refilled with your spirit all across this auditorium this morning. And God, now I pray for those who have gladly received your word that have yet to be baptized in your name. God, that you would ignite something in their heart that they would tell somebody close to them, I want to be baptized in Jesus' name today. And I thank you, God, because you are God for everybody. You are God for all. Why don't we lift our hands all over this place? And why don't you help me pray for those who need to be baptized to come to obedience to his word and be baptized this morning in Jesus' name. While you're praying, we have water, we have clothes, we have everything that you need. The only thing we don't have is the ability to force you to do it. But if you'll gladly receive the word, you can have all your sins washed away, a fresh start, and a fresh beginning in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you and we praise you. Amen. For all of our guests and for all of our new people, we welcome you to First Steps. I ask you to come back tonight. The Lord has a word for this church and a calling from the church. If you would like to be baptized, if you'll just at, tell somebody, grab anybody from this church, and they'll, they'll, we'll, they'll be happy to get you in contact. Lord, I pray your blessing on this congregation in Jesus' name. You're welcome to pray as long as you like. You can be dismissed at your own discretion. God bless you.